What's up, everybody? Guys, you get an extra 15 minutes of sleep next week. Are you excited about that? Some of you. Okay, okay. That's cool. I would be, like, super excited about that, but I come to both services, so there's that. But you can get extra sleep because the service starts at 1045. Were you guys not excited about that? Do you guys like sleep? Isn't that why you come to the 1030 service? So you get extra sleep? Because your kids kept you up all night? Yeah. Well, anyway, we're giving you an extra 15 minutes of sleep because we love you mainly. Okay, that's why we do it. And we also want to welcome all those watching online right now. You might be watching from your boat because it's Memorial Day weekend. But we're gonna, we miss you and we want you to be here next week. But for now, we're going to invite you um, and we're going to thank you and we're going to clap for you. So everybody put your hands together. Welcome all those watching online. From the pontoon boat. <laughs> well, hey, uh, super excited to be with you today to be able to preach. I love every time I'm able to, to do this and hang out with you and have some fun. So we're going to have some fun today as we continue our series, God Is. So this has been super cool series to be a part of because we've been uh, saying this as kind of a premise and a thought is knowing who God is is the most important thing about you. That's a paraphrase of a quote from A.W. Tozer, because what we think about God impacts how we view everything out in the world. It impacts how we think and how we live and how we act, because as we think about God, so we now act out in life. And it's almost like um, an author. Whenever you read their book, when you understand the author, when you understand their viewpoints, when you understand their perspective and their experiences, now all of a sudden it brings to light why they wrote what they wrote. And so that's the same kind of idea. And in this series, how we've been doing it is we've been looking at experiences that some have had in the Bible, and they've walked away with such an experience that said, hey, God is like this. God is like that. And so they, they've left him with a name. They've given him a name. And so we've been learning each one of these scenarios. And um, sorry, just something came into my mind about uh, recently names. Um, this actually happened really recently. If uh, sometimes I get like squirrel. Is anybody like that ever? You just kind of like you're random. Okay, so I got to tell you now because I'm going to be thinking about it the entire time I preach. So um, Speaking of names, I, <laughs> there was, I was at this event with my wife, and we were, we were hanging out, and there was other people there. And it was one of those events where you have name tags, okay? And I thought I read the guy's name correctly, okay? I was pretty sure I read it correctly. And I was like, well, that's a little bit different name, but I want to be respectful, and that's his name, so I'm going to make sure I call him that. And so the next time I was interacting with him, I was like, oh, hey, um, well, yeah, your name's Joy, right? And he was like, Jay. My name is Jay. You ever done something like that, stupid like that? Yeah. So that's what I did the other day. So now you know, and we've got it out there, and, you know, we can move on with our lives right now. So, but these names of God, you know, that's really important to understand the names of God because it impacts how we live and how we think. So we've been going through several of these uh, names, and um, today we're going to look at Yahweh Shalom. Yahweh Shalom. Maybe you've heard that term before, Shalom, but it just means peace. So God is peace is the name that we're looking at today. Now let me ask you, okay, I want everybody to participate here. How many say peace is a good thing, okay? Peace, I could use, okay, okay. How many want more peace in your life? Okay, let me see those hands right there. Okay, good job, good job voting. Now how many know, though, there are things that can keep you from peace in your life? 
You know, there, there's stuff that can happen in your life. And a lot of times, they're good things that can keep you from peace. And so I just thought about this. I was like, I'm going to go down through a few categories of things that we can have in our lives that are technically, you know, for the most part, pretty much good things. But as a result of those things, they complicate our lives. They're external complications, as we'll call it. Okay, so how many know that relationships can complicate your life? Like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, your teenager, having a boyfriend or girlfriend, that brings a lot of complications. Your spouse can sometimes bring complications. You know, all kinds of, your mother-in-law can bring some complications to your life, okay? So don't nudge anybody right now. Don't elbow them. All right, so they can bring complications to your life. So what I thought I would do on each one of these categories is I came up with a phrase, and I want you guys to end the phrase. I want you to say the last word in the phrase, okay? So this one for relationships, save the drama for your... Okay, that was weak sauce. All right, so we got to really get some strength here, okay? I've had caffeine, all right? I've had a lot of caffeine, so that now we need, we need to do this again, okay? So save the drama for your... There you go, there you go. Okay, another area that can complicate our lives are kids, okay? Can I get a witness, all right? So kids, oh, yeah, mom was over there was like, yes, yes, he's preaching now. He's preaching now. Okay, so kids can totally complicate our lives, they can be stressful, especially the, moving to the teenage years. Oh, my goodness. Teenagers, please be nice to your parents, okay, because one day you'll have them, and then the Lord will repay you for all of your evil, okay? So kids can be a lot, and you know what? A lot of times kids are expensive. You know what they are? They just cost a lot. If you have teenagers, they eat so much, Okay, my kids now, uh, you know, they're 12 and 10, and they we just, like, we go to Costco, give our, you know, our, our savings to Costco, and so that our kids can eat. I mean, and then it's like they're gone through it in two days, and we're going to go back to Costco. So I still don't know if I actually, we save money at Costco at this point, because they have all kinds of fun things when you go up and down the aisle that I want to buy. And so, anyway, there's my thing on, on Costco. But kids can co cost an arm and a Yeah, there you go, there you go. How many know um, technology can complicate our lives, right? Technology can totally complicate our lives. How many have ever wanted to throw your computer out the window? You know, just like, just going, yeah, that's how I feel about you. Yeah! You know, you just, you just don't like technology. But, you know, it's fun. It's great having a new iPhone or a computer or, you know, a car, all the different technology. But here's the reality. Anything that can go wrong will go that's, that's the reality, okay? And these are complications in our lives. Now, this next one, okay? Some of you have a soft spot in your heart for this one. I don't, okay? But it's pets, okay? Pets. Now, I want to clarify, if you own a cat that doesn't qualify as a pet, all right? It's a wild animal, and you don't know why you have it in your house, okay? So, but my, uh, here's the deal. I never wanted dogs. I never wanted dogs. But what my family did was they held me hostage, and they, they tied me up, they threatened me, and so now we have three dogs, okay, three demons living in our house. And so, um, but no, I know some of you are, are dog fans, but, but here's the deal, they can complicate your life. So they, we do have really cute dogs, and they're, they're fun, but they can complicate your life. And now here's the reality, I couldn't find a great phrase for this one. So it's raining cats and... Okay, all right, so that wasn't a very good phrase, but, but the pets can complicate your life. And this last one can definitely complicate your life. Here's the reality. Money can complicate your life, okay? Money can definitely complicate your life in a, a bad way because here's the reality. 
there's more money, there's more Yep, more money, more problems. All right, so these are external things, and all of these things can be good things, but they oftentimes can keep us from having peace. They complicate it. They make it harder. Not only that, though, have you ever noticed? It's not only external things, it's internal things, too. You know, personality quirks and, you know, maybe an issue that you deal with, maybe a temper that you have. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to deal with these external circumstances, but you're doing it with your internal issues, Okay, because you can't not be you. You can't not be who you are and the way you're wired. Now, we're all responsible for ourselves, and we've got to make the better choices. We've got to grow. We've got to be self-aware, all that stuff. But the reality is you're you, and you have to deal with those internal issues as a part of your life. Maybe it's a temptation, a tendency. And this is where peace is so powerful. This is where peace can come into your life and have such a huge impact. Because here's the reality. You don't want to eliminate Fluffy. You want to keep Fluffy around, right? You want to keep your kids around, right? You want to keep your spouse around most of the time, right? I mean, like, you, you want them to be in your life. So it's not about eliminating these good things from your life. It's not about eliminating yourself, certainly. It's about growing internally. But, but you sometimes can't just change overnight. But it's how can you have peace in the middle of all of that stuff? How can you have peace in the middle of the storm or when you're struggling or you're going through something difficult and you're needing guidance, you're needing healing, there's, there's something going on, there's a storm around you, there's a storm inside of you. How can you have peace in the middle of all of that? And that's what this is about. It's about navigating your situations with grace. And it's about having peace in your life because if you can have peace in your life, you can have a lot in your life. It's really, really powerful. So we're going to look at a guy in the Bible that he had external complications and he also had internal issues. And in the middle of all of that stuff, he discovers God's peace. Okay, it's found in Judges chapter 6. So you can turn there in your Bibles, pull it up on your phone. Judges chapter 6. And we're going to look at a guy by the name of Gideon. Okay, because this guy encapsulates the human experience, right? He encapsulates what we experience all the time, external problems on the outside and our internal issues and trying to discover peace in the middle of that. Okay, so let me set up the context here. So if you're familiar with the Bible, you're familiar with judges and where they, they were. Israelites, God's people, had come to the promised land. And so they were now living in that land. And uh, they were oftentimes forsake the Lord. They would turn to other gods, worship false gods like the other nations around them. They would turn away from the very God that brought them up out of slavery out of Egypt. And as a result, God would be like, well, you want to do it on your own. Okay, you can do that. So then they would have other nations come. Instead of defeating them, they would be conquered by them. They were now enslaved, and they were, they were oppressed by these other nations around them. And eventually it would get so bad that the people of Israel realized the, the error of their ways, and they would cry out to God again. And then God would raise up a deliverer, or in this case, a judge, and they would deliver, and they were a warrior, and they would fight for Israel, and then they would recapture their freedom, and it would just happen over and over again, because they would experience freedom for a while, and they'd get comfortable, and then as a result, they'd get kind of lazy, and then they would turn to other gods, and the whole thing would go over and over again. You, look, you see that all the way through the book of Judges. So here you have the same scenario. I'm going to summarize verses 1 through 10, and then we'll pick it up in verse 11, but at this point... Israel had been enslaved to the Midianites for seven years, okay? So that they're being oppressed by the Midianites. And so they cry out to God, and God raises up this judge or calls this judge by the name of Gideon. And so that, this is basically the story of Gideon's calling, the interaction between God and Gideon and, and God calling Gideon to now deliver the Israelites from the hand of the Midianites. 
So we'll pick it up in verse 11. There's quite a bit of scripture here, but I want you to track with me because this will be the foundation for the rest of the message and so that all can make sense. All right, verse 11, this is what it says. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Orpha that belonged to Joash the Bizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep from the Midianites. So notice, he's hiding in a wine press where you don't normally thresh wheat, but he's hiding there, he's threshing wheat because he doesn't want the Midianites to steal the wheat. Okay, because these, the Israelites are starving because all their stuff's getting stolen. All right, verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and, and given us into the hand of Midian. So Gideon's struggling here, right? And it's interesting that he says that the Lord had abandoned them. The reality was Israel had abandoned the Lord. And as a result of that, now they find themselves in this situation. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? <laughs> Again, I love that Gideon says this. Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Okay, so now we start to discover not only the external issues, but now the internal issues. So now Gideon is kind of low confidence. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in himself, in others, in God. He's kind of got some trust issues. He struggles with anxiety. He struggles with doubt. And so this is his internal issues that he's dealing with. And he's now bringing that to the table and trying to, in addition to the external complications. So this is what it says in verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, now if I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that this is really you talking to me. Again, notice the doubt coming out. He's like, I'm not real sure about this. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in the basket and the broth in the pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. Verse 20, the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on the rock and pour, the broth, uh, pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. And then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Verse 23, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. This is Yahweh Shalom. To this day, it stands at Orpha of the Bezerites. Okay, so this is Yahweh Shalom. This is where he gives him the name. So today what I want to do is I want to give you three ways that you can experience God's peace, all right? Three ways that you can experience God's peace. I'll give you all three points up front, and then we'll unpack it as we go. So here they are. Number one, believing who God says you are brings peace. Believing who God says you are brings peace. Number two, believing what God, that God is with you brings peace, and believing who God is brings peace, all right? Those are the three things we're going to look at today. Hey, before we get started, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, peace, bro. Go on, just tell him, peace, bro. Okay, this first one here, God 
or believing God, who God says you are, brings peace. Okay, verse, verse 12, it says this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, uh, we know that many scholars believe that the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is actually Jesus appearing. Okay, so this is, this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. So this is an interaction between Gideon and the Lord. Okay, so that's, don't let that angel of the Lord thing throw you off there. We certainly know that from, because he calls him Lord and God speaks to him. So the, this is an inter interaction between Gideon and God. Now we're going to look at the, the Lord being with him because he says the Lord is with you here in just a moment. But I want to focus in on that idea of mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. Now can you imagine for a moment what Gideon must have thought? Whenever he said mighty warrior, it's like, man, wait, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't feel like a mighty warrior at all. Like, I, I'm, I'm like hiding right now. Mighty warriors don't hide from their enemies. Like, they're mighty. They go out and fight. But right now, I'm here in this wine press, you know, threshing wheat. I'm, I'm hiding from them. We're enslaved. We're uh, impoverished. We're, like, there's nothing but problems. I'm not a mighty warrior. You know, as a Christian, oftentimes you have to believe things that you don't see. You have to believe and embrace the truths that God gives us, even when we don't see it in our own lives, because God is the one that sees it. You know, maybe for you, you look at, at how you're parenting, and you just think, man, I am just not, you know, what is going on? My teenagers are, are being crazy. This is not happening like I thought. I thought, you know, they would just turn out like perfect little angels, and this is not going the direction it should go. And you start to think, man, I'm just not a very good parent. I'm just not very good at this. That's what you say about you. But you know what God says about you? He says you're an amazing mom. You're an amazing dad. Like with his help and his strength, you're incredible. And just because there's some things, some snafus along the way, doesn't mean that God is not going to help you and that you're not an incredible parent because here's the reality, you are. You know, for, for Gideon, he looked at his situation, he's like, man, this is, this is tough. How am I a mighty warrior? But that's what God does. He calls the things that are not as though they were. He speaks into your life and says, this is who you are. This is the reality of who you are. And now we have to take that leap and say, you know what? I'm not going to trust my evaluation of myself. I'm going to trust God's evaluation of me. I'm going to believe, yeah, I am a mighty warrior. This is who God's called me to be. And I'm going to walk in that. I'm not going to walk in my own fleshly confidence. I'm going to walk in God's confidence, who he's called me to be. This is the reality of my situation. If God says it's true, then I'm going to believe that it's true. For Gideon, it was challenging to believe that. And you see God do this not just with Gideon, but all through the Bible. You see this with Moses. He, was a, he looked at himself and he's like, I stutter. Like I can't speak. I can't communicate. I can't, you can't do this. You can't have me go out and communicate to all the Israelites and the Egyptians. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. But you know what? He might have seen that. But God saw a great leader. You know, whenever Solomon was called to be the next king in Israel, you know, he looked at the situation and he said, you know what? I'm too young. I'm not wise enough to lead these millions of people. You know what God saw? God saw someone that he would give wisdom, that would have more wisdom than anybody else that would walk the face of the earth outside of Jesus because that's what God saw. And so he embraced that truth. We see that with Peter. We've talked about him in this, this series to where he saw himself as a sinful man when Jesus appeared, came to him and says, hey, you need, I want, I'm calling you. I want you to follow me. He's like, I'm a sinful man. Like, I'm, I'm not good enough. This is who I am. But God God says to him, no, 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 this is who you really are. You're a fisher of men. You're going to go advance the gospel. You're going to go spread my love to other people. We have to embrace what God says about us versus what we say about, oftentimes, about ourselves. You think about with uh, your, your kids, if you've got kids, or, or just interact with kids. 
You know, they oftentimes can, can feel discouraged about maybe I'm not a good soccer player or I'm not a good basketball player or I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. And what do we do? We go up to them and say, yeah, you can. You totally can do that. You're awesome at playing soccer. You're awesome football player. You're awesome basketball player. We encourage them. It's like, why is that so easy? But then when we flip it over to God and now us, it becomes so challenging for us. But it's really the same thing. And the difference is that the difference between perspective, the child's perspective is one thing and our perspective is something else because they can't see in themselves what we can see in them. And the same is true for you, that you can't see in yourself what God sees in you. That inside of you that there's potential, there's opportunity, and God can take that, and he's going to go ahead, even though it's not there right now, you might feel like a failed entrepreneur, you might feel like your marriage has failed, you might feel like all this stuff has failed, but even though you can't see it because of your circumstance, you got your eyes on all this stuff over here, God sees it inside of you. God looks inside of you and says, but there's potential. It's like a seed. He says, you know what, I can use that, so I'm going to go ahead and call it as if it is, because you know what, you and me, we can make this thing happen. And that's why we've got to start to believe this is what God says about us. And for Gideon, that's what he needed to embrace. He simply needed to embrace the truth that he indeed was a mighty warrior. You know, so what, what I want to do is um, I want to read some scripture to you. And what we're going to do in, in this is whenever you see the, the, the words we are, they're going to be underlined on the screen. And we're going, to, we're going to go through what God says about us. As a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what God says about you. Okay, and I, want, I don't want this just to be an exercise where it's just, you know, we just kind of go through it. I want this to be something that you internalize and you think about yourself. This is who God has called you to be. This is what God is saying about you. This, this is as if a moment where God is appearing to you and saying, hey, mighty warrior. This is what God says about all of us. Okay, so we're going to pull up this first one here. All right, I want you to say it with strength. We're going to say the words we are whenever it comes up on the screen and it's underlined. I'm going to read the whole passage, but you say we are. Okay, so here, here we go. Pull it up on the screen. 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but we are a chosen people, a holy priest, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Galatians 3.26 says this, so in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew or Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. I love this next one, 1 John 3, 1. See, that you, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. All right, this next one, Romans 8. 15 through 17, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Man, that's who you are. That's who you are in Christ. He's made you all of those things. And that's for us to embrace. That's for us not just to know, but truly believe. I want to challenge you on this thought. Here's how you can measure how much you believe something. is by when you actually see it played out in your life, what, what kind of emotions you feel. Whether you have peace or you don't have peace. So, so let's say, for example, we just read about how we're heirs 
of God and co-heirs with Christ. That means everything that Jesus is getting that we're getting. Like we're going to have heaven one day. We're going to be able to walk on streets of gold. I told you guys about this, but I'm going to have a full head of hair. I'm going to be six foot six. I'm going to look so good. You won't even recognize me. It's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to that day. But here's the reality. Here's, here's where we can get off a little bit. Okay, I'm just going to make this super practical. Sometimes we can, we can get off because, you know, we've got money invested in the stock market, and then we lose money in the stock market, and now all of a sudden we're robbed of our peace. But why would we, we be robbed of our peace whenever we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ? You see where there can be a breakdown of trust and belief in this truth? And now all of a sudden you don't have peace because you don't actually believe this truth about that God has made you an heir. Like one day you are literally gonna inherit so much stuff. It's like having a rich grandma. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, I can't wait. But, but, I, but I can wait, you know what I'm saying? But, like, but grandma, I love you, grandma. But like, I know that's terrible right there. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> My mom just pointed at me. <laughs> So, but, but that's the reality, okay? You're, you're able to, you've got that to look forward to. So whenever you lose something in this life, whenever something goes bad in this life, the car breaks down, it's like, yeah, that's an inconvenience. No one wants that. The reality is we can have peace because like, you know what? This, this life is just a little sliver over here, okay? So this was a continuum here. I'm just on this little sliver right here. I lose some money. My car breaks down. I mean, something happens bad. Okay, right here. But that's just on this little sliver. But you know what I got to look forward to? All of this right here, all of eternity. And it just keeps going. And it just keeps going. And I'm in heaven. And I'm a victory in Christ. I'm walking on the streets of gold. I got a bunch of hair on my head. I'm looking good. That's all of that right over there. But we get so mixed up in all this stuff in this life right here. It's because we don't believe these truths. But once we embrace these truths, man, it's going to have an impact on your life. You're now able to experience that peace. Uh, that's okay. I mean, I don't want to lose money in the market. I don't want my car to break down. Those are inconveniences. I'd rather them not happen. But you know what? I'm not going to let that steal my joy. I'm not going to let that steal my peace because my peace isn't in that stuff. My peace is in Christ and who he says I am. And I'm an heir of God. Okay, that's just one of them. So powerful. So powerful. For Gideon, there was a gap between what he was experiencing or what he believed about himself and what God had called him to be. There was a gap there, and that's why he didn't have peace, which leads to the next point here. Believing that God is with you brings peace. Now, in verse 16, right before that, Gideon had said, you know, hey, I'm the least in my, my tribe. I'm the least in my clan. My family's not very good. I'm just a nobody, basically. And then this is God's response. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I'll be with you. I'm going to be with you. Now, let's just say for a second, I mean, we, this has totally got to be a hypothetical. Okay, here's the reality, the hypothetical. Let's say someone wants to beat me up, okay? Why you'd want to beat me up, I don't know. I'm a nice guy, okay? I'm really nice. Maybe they don't like bald people, okay? Maybe that's why they want to beat me up. But let's say somebody wants to beat me up, okay? So they want, now listen, I could hold my own. Listen, you know, I could. I could hold my own, that's right. So I, I totally can hold my own. But, um, you know, if the person's substantial, you know, in, in girth, you know, and they're just like bigger than me, then it's going to be harder, for me to, to hold my own, I might be, I wouldn't call it nervous. I'd say concerned, you know. I'd be a little concerned about it. And, um, no, I'd probably be scared. I'd be nervous or whatever. And they wanted to meet me outside. They wanted, okay, let's just say hypothetically. But here's, here's really, if I, have, um, if I have somebody with me, that might help, okay. I'm going to have my friends come up here. Brent and uh, Mike, would you guys come on up here? Come on up here. Hey, everybody give it up for Brent and Mike. 
Come on up here. Okay, so here's, here's what we're going to do, okay? They, they're going to stand on, on either side of me, kind of behind me a little bit here. We're just going to get that shot. I know I look like a child, okay? <laughs> I did this to myself. Now, here, here's the reality. If I, um, I might by myself, I'm afraid, right? But if I got, I got these guys with me, like they rolling with me because they're, they're with me. Like, right, they're, they're on my side. Now, all of a sudden, I can go in confidence. I can actually go into that situation with peace because they with me. Hey, everybody, give it up for my friends right here. Way to go. Thanks for making me look short. <laughs> so this is, this is so, so important that we embrace this truth and this understanding that God is with us. Now, again, it's kind of like the whole idea of do we really believe this? Because we, we might know about God being with us, but do we really embrace that truth? And I, I think that's where it's really important for us to understand that um, we don't see, like I can see Mike and Brent, right? So I know they're with me because I can see them. My eyes can see them. You might not know this about me, but I actually have really bad vision without correction. So you could say my eyes are really weak, you know, without contacts. Like I can't drive. I can't do anything. I, can't, I just, you know, can't see very well. And so, you know, but I can see them because my eyes are, are stronger because of the contacts. So, but in the same way, when we see God, it's not with our physical eyes, right? It's, we see God through the eyes of faith. But whenever we have weak faith, then it's really challenging to know and embrace the truth that God's with us. Because it might be true as true can be that God is with us, but unless we believe it, then we're not going to embrace that. It would be like I'm going into that situation where the person's going to beat me up. The, my friends come up on stage, but I can't see them, you know. I don't know who they are. And I'm like, God, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you going to help me? And he's like, right here. Like I'm right next to you. I'm like literally following you around. And, and, and you might feel like, man, where is God? But it's because your faith needs strengthened. It's because you need to bring clarity to your eyes, the eyes of faith. That's how we see God. That's how we have a relationship with God. It's through faith. It's by faith. And if your faith isn't strong, then you're going to have a hard time believing these truths, the one truth that God is indeed with you. You know, this is why I talked about a couple weeks ago on the end of worship but sometimes in my prayer time, it just helps me to visualize it, to be like I'm going to, I'm standing on a cliff, and, and it's, this is my solid ground. This is where I'm in control. This is where I have the situation. It's in my control of what I'm going to do. And what God wants me to do is release it to him and step out in faith. I'm going to step off onto the unknown, but I'm going to trust him. I'm going to release it to him. And here's what happens when you do that. This is what Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So we, we experience the peace of God whenever we release the situation to him. Whenever all of a sudden now we can grow our faith, where we trust him, we say, okay, God, this is making me nervous. I'm anxious about this, but I want to control it. But you know what? I'm going to release it to you. There's nothing I can do about it, so I'm not going to sit here and worry. I'm just going to release it to you by prayer and petition. I'm going to give it to you. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, God's peace comes into our life. Now our faith is strengthened. Now we start trusting him more. This is why it's also so important that you strengthen your faith by reading the Bible. I hope you're still doing the one-year Bible. 
You know, going on that track and then praying every single day and just petitioning God and, and putting your needs in front of him. You know, praying with your spouse, praying with your kids, coming to church. All those things are going to strengthen your faith. And all of a sudden, your, your eyes are starting to get clearer and clearer. And you'll just start to realize, wait a minute, God's been with me this whole time. Like he's helped me through this circumstance. Everything I've experienced, man, I can now, I can walk through this situation with peace and the next thing that happens to me, I can walk in peace because I know that God is with me. And that's what God says to Gideon. Hey, I'm gonna be with you, bro. It's gonna be all right. This last point, this third point, believing who God is brings peace. Verse 23, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die. Okay, so Literally, God says just the word shalom, says peace to, to Gideon. And anytime that God says a word, you know, it's, it's going to happen, right? So he says world, and the world's created, right? He says, let there be light, and then there's light. He says, let there be stars, and there's a bunch of, a bunch of stars. You know, Gideon, exactly what he needed in that moment was peace. And God was able to speak that to him. Because Gideon at that point probably thought that God was angry and mad at him, frustrated because of the situation and circumstances, but everything could be further from the truth. Like that, that is not the case. And so God all of a sudden speaks to him in an exclamation point and says, peace. He says, shalom. What's interesting about that word peace, if you look it up in the, in the Hebrew, it can have some variation in meaning depending on the context. But in this specific one, the root word is the word safe. It's the word safe. Any baseball fans in here? Baseball fans? Yeah. So you know, um, if you're running the bases, you don't want to get what? Get out. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get out. And one of the coolest moments in baseball is whenever you have someone running into home, sliding into home, the ball's coming in, the catcher catch, catches it, tags the runner, but then the umpire says, safe. Right? It says safe. For Gideon, his whole life, he, he's, he's not safe. He doesn't feel safe. And now you have God show up on the scene. And he says, you know what? You're safe. You know, maybe for you, the enemy of your soul in your circumstance has been trying to tag you out. But God's been saying, you know what? You're safe. You're good with me. You're safe. There's peace. If you just simply look to me. Maybe for you, you look back at your childhood and your childhood was not, not safe, was not one that was safe. And now you live in that framework. You may not realize it much. Maybe you get hints of it from your spouse and others. But that framework is now in which where you live. And so the world seems a little scary. Situations seem a little bit bigger than they really need to be. And God would speak to you today, peace. He'd say, you're safe because you're with me. So whatever you would face, whatever circumstance you would go into, even though the, those have had an impact on the way you thought, just like it did with Gideon, because probably his whole life he grew up, you know, under this enslavement, oppressed by these people running for his life, trying to hide. So that's his framework. And now God shows up on the scene. The one thing that he needs to hear is that he's safe. And that's what God speaks to him. That's what God speaks. So you can know that God can give you exactly what you need. Maybe you don't need peace. Maybe you need something else. You need a healing from him. You need guidance. You need wisdom. You need restoration with your spouse. Whatever you need, you can know that God is able to provide those things for you. And exactly what Gideon needed, God was able to give him in that moment by saying peace. I want to bring this back, though, to where we are today because we're followers of Jesus, right? You know, Jesus has come onto this scene 2,000 years ago. He died and the rose from the dead. And so now we have peace with God. 
Just like Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Now we get to experience peace because now we have peace with God. Now, now because of what Jesus did, now there's no longer hostility. We don't have a debt to pay to God because of our sin. We did have a debt to pay because justice had to be served because God's a just God. But instead of us paying it, Jesus came on the scene. He paid it so that we can experience life, so that we get to walk away. Though we committed the crime, we get to walk away, walk out the doors, walk out the jail, and now we're free. We get to experience that. So we have peace with God. But not only that, it's interesting that in the Old Testament, this is prophesied about, uh, about Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 talks about Jesus coming into the world. He says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, listen to these names that Isaiah gives him, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, prince of peace. You know, if you need peace today, Jesus has got it because he's the prince of peace. He's the one that literally is the prince of all peace. So if you are facing something challenging, difficult, hard, here in a a moment we're going to have the prayer team come here in just a minute. And if you need something, you need specifically, you need peace, or you need something else. You just need God to show up in a big way. I'm telling you, God is able to do it. He's able to do a miracle in your life. As you step out in faith and trust him, man, he's able to do it. Especially if you need peace, man, the prince of peace can give it to you today. I believe that for you. But again, let's make this, let's make this practical You know, let's not just let this be a philosophical conversation about beliefs and values and all that kind of stuff. How does this rubber meet the road? So this is why Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. So contentment is simply internal peace, right? It's just the things on the inside that is like, okay, there could be chaos, a storm on the outside, but I've got internal peace right now. And so this is what it says in in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Now here's the secret, listen to this part. This is really powerful. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Notice that it doesn't say through money, it's not through your talent, it's not through your ability, it's not through some other earthly relationship, it's not through getting married, it's not through getting divorced, it's not through any of those things that you're gonna experience peace. The peace is found in Christ. It's through him. Think of it, I mean, think of it like money. If you've got, you know, if you're um, relying on money, the more money you have, the more peace you're gonna have. But we know that money's fleeting, right? It's here today and gone tomorrow. But if it's in Christ, does Christ ever change? No, his relationship doesn't even change with you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God found in Christ Jesus our Lord, as Romans 8 says. It's found in him. So that means whenever you go through something challenging, you could recognize that God's made you a mighty warrior, that you're not alone, that he's with you, and the person that's with you, the God that's with you, is amazing. He's the Prince of Peace, and he can help you through no matter what you face. You can have peace as you go through it. For Gideon, that's what he needed to experience. So in this moment, this is what he hears. He hears the word peace. And so what does he do? What does he do? Verse 20, 24, we're gonna pray in just a, a moment. So this is what it says. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, 
the Lord is peace. Yahweh Shalom, okay? And it says, to this day it stands in Orpha of the Bizarites. So that means his entire life, this altar that he named, the Lord is peace, Yahweh Shalom, is there. So that means every time that he faces another battle, another challenge, another, another difficulty, there's an altar sitting there where he had an experience with God. And the one thing that he needed, God said to him, hey, you're safe. I can't help but just wonder if that encouraged him in the other battles that he would face. That as he was going up against other foreign armies or he was, he was scared for his life, he was dealing with his internal issues, I'm not enough, I, I can't do this, but God, I just, oh yeah, I remember. I remember this over here. I remember when you said, you're safe, you're good. All of a sudden that gives him the confidence now to be able to do what God has called him to do. Maybe for you today, you need to make a memorial here on May 29, 2022. You need to, here in a moment, come forward and, and you need healing in your body. You need restoration in your marriage. You need some kind of challenge you're facing. You just need peace in your circumstances. You need provision. Whatever it might be, God is able to provide that for you. And today, you'll remember the time that you came forward. You'll make a memorial just like Gideon did. Ironically, on Memorial Day weekend. And you can remember, that's where God helped me. Give you the confidence you need for the future and the peace that you need right now in the middle of your circumstance. Well, let's all stand together. I wanna take a moment to, to pray and then we're gonna, we're gonna have the prayer team come forward here. Go ahead, I guess the prayer team, you can go, go ahead and come forward while I pray here. But I, I do want you to think about, you know, what is, it, what is it that you need? We've got a couple minutes here, we're gonna worship, but what is it that you need from the Lord? I believe that as you step out in faith, that as you trust Him, that God is going to work in your life. Maybe it's something that's an external complication that he needs to fix and you're needing God's help. It could also be an internal challenge that you're experiencing. There's nothing crazy really on the outside out of the ordinary, but on the inside just feels like it's chaos and you just need God to say you're safe. I believe that God can bring healing to your life. So no matter what you're, you're facing, or maybe it's for somebody else, they're not here right now and you would intercede on, the, uh, on their behalf and you believe God to do a miracle in their heart and life. But all of this place, let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're, that you're the God of peace. You're the Prince of peace. And so today we just embrace that truth. We embrace that reality. God, we look to you for peace. Lord, for anybody in here that maybe is struggling with that right now, that you would give them just what they need, that you would bless them, that you would help them. God, if they need provision, you provide, they need healing, you would heal. They need restoration, you restore. God, that whatever they need, God, that you would provide, and that we would take a moment to remember your miracles, what you did today, May 29, 2022. God, that you would be glorified. We love you, Lord. Praise in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you, if you have a need, I wanna encourage you to come forward. With the rest of us, let's just worship the Lord today.